First Timothy 4.4 reads, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I'm Pastor Bryce Beal. But today I have with me a guest who some of you know. This is Pastor Ben Russell from Westwood Church. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Good to be here. And I gave you no forewarning to prepare yourself for this, but just so people kind of know you, could you give us just a real brief background of how you came to know Christ and then how you ended up over at Westwood? Sure. Those two actually coincide, so it's one and the same. But uh, as a child, grew up in a divorced family, lived a very moral life with my mom and my dad, uh, had an understanding of who God is and the a respect for the authority of Scripture, but uh, never really experienced the local body. And so I uh, had a lot of family here in Evansville, and a lot of them went to Westwood, which was 12th Avenue before. Uh, once we moved, we couldn't keep the name 12th Avenue because we lived on Bandy Camp Road at that point. But, uh, it, you know, Westwood Church, going for vacation Bible school as a child and just being exposed to the Word of God through God's people. And so uh, hearing the gospel uh, is is been really fundamental in my growing up, just in vacations, in summers here. And it wasn't until I was 23 when I really heard uh, really the same gospel but it was just the spirit clicked and, and just it, the penny dropped for me. And so there was just genuine contrition, repentance, and it was at 23 when I accepted the Lord. And so it was a precious time. Uh, I was actually married at that point, and my wife even said two weeks later, you know, what's going on with you? You seem to be acting different. What's the... And it was just this genuine you know, I'm saved. There's something has happened that has gone from head to heart is really what it was. And so just a genuine transformation. Well, Ben, we've appreciated you for a long time, Michaela and I, and you and your wife were some of the first people involved in ministry outside of Faith Bible that we kind of knew and connected with several years ago when Michaela was diagnosed with MS. And so we've appreciated you from afar, even though we've only been able to connect every now and then. But a lot of people we know here, like Andrew Walden, who's here, have pretty close relationships with you. So we're thankful for your ministry. Well, I appreciate you guys as well. Well, we have you on here, Ben, um, because we've been talking about discipleship this quarter. And I would say we are on a quarterly rotation over three years of different essential subjects of the Christian life. And discipleship is one of the most challenging ones. And that's on purpose because we don't mean discipleship in the sense of us making disciples. That's important. We'll talk about that later. But we're really talking about discipleship, meaning us being Christ's disciples. For that reason, a lot of the podcast talks and a lot of what we focus on is more challenging in nature. We talk about renouncing everything for Jesus taking up our cross and following Jesus, denying ourselves, hating our family, asterisk, listen to the episode for that, what that means. But these are challenging things. These are hard. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have this episode today called How to Eat Ice Cream as a sort of counterbalance because everything in the other podcast episodes is true and we don't want to minimize it at all, but we also don't want it to be misunderstood because someone could come away from this thinking the Christian life is just about pain, suffering, hardship, monochromatic bleakness, 
and death. <laughs> right. And well, um, no, not really. That's not exactly what it is. So, uh, Ben, this is kind of how I wanted to start off. We were been talking about Luke nine twenty three, where Jesus says, "If anyone wants to follow Him, they have to take up their cross, deny themselves every day, and follow Him." Does that mean in denying ourselves that we can't eat ice cream? or do anything fun or enjoyable because we're denying ourselves. How do you understand that, Ben? Sure. Uh, first of all, I love eating ice cream, so that's great. <laughs> that's why we and had you on here. Yes, Among yes. other things, you're fun. And, uh, you know, uh, concerning Luke chapter 9 and denying yourself, uh, denying yourself is just an essential part of the Christian life. And this passage is calling us to recognize that Jesus is to be the center of our lives. And we need to renounce temptation, and we need to put uh, Him at the center as opposed to ourselves at the center of our existence, which we're very good at. And uh, we need the reminder not to do that every so often, right? Uh, but having said this, it's certainly not a call to never enjoy pleasure, to never eat ice cream uh, or the things that we find as fun or entertaining. And so God is so creative in how he has uh, made our world and the things in it. Uh, I love hiking. I love being out in God's nature and just experiencing all these uh, various things. I love doing it uh, alone. It's good for me as a person. It's good for me and my kids, my boys. Uh, I just love getting out and being with them. And there's just so much for us to take in, so much to enjoy. And being a believer means that we have uh, great reason for celebration, great reason for joy, both in our lives here on earth and after. And so, you know, there's many examples in Scripture where we see various celebrations taking place. Second um, Samuel, David dances, right? We see the Jews celebrate upon their exodus from Egypt. And then Jesus, we see him turn water into wine at a wedding celebration. And so God expects us to be wise. He's expecting us to be faithful, uh, stewards of just the time and the money that he's placed in our hands. Uh, but we shouldn't forget the source of the blessings. And those blessings include the ice cream, the fun times, the entertainment. And we should always be more in love with the gift giver rather than the gift itself. That's well said, you know, and that last comment does remind me of what's being said here in 1 Timothy 4, where we started the podcast by saying everything created by God is good, and it's to be received with thanksgiving, including hiking. And this is maybe someone's lactose intolerant, so maybe ice cream's not the best example, but just whatever God's created, that's good, the things that you've listed. We don't love them more than God, but it's okay to enjoy them. One way that I think about this before I get into a, a series of questions I have for you, because I am someone who, if I'm going to struggle one way or the other, primarily I'm going to struggle by being too strict with myself, and I will not eat good-tasting foods and make myself suffer unto holiness and righteousness in unhealthy ways. Something that helps me is there's a difference between necessary and unnecessary suffering in the Christian life. And necessary suffering is the kind of suffering that's useful. So maybe we should just call it useful suffering. Hmm. So this would be if someone is going to participate in missions to unreached people groups, there's usually a reason they're unreached because it hurts and is painful. Right. Persecution, just day-to-day -day hardship. You're in the jungles, you're in the desert. But that's necessary or useful suffering. So there's good that comes out of that. The same can be said for practices like fasting. 
it's hard to fast, but it's useful, puts an exclamation mark on our prayers, and so forth. Those things are good and a part of the Christian life, but there's also a lot of um, not useful suffering, (laughs) unnecessary suffering when we simply think, if I make myself feel more pain, I will therefore be more holy. In fact, Scripture talks about this in the verse right before the one I read to start the podcast in 1 Timothy 4.3, speaking of false teachers who teach, quote, teachings of demons, it says they forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And that would be like the medieval Roman Catholic Church where you have Martin Luther at nighttime taking his blanket off in a cold cell to suffer mm-hmm. <laughs> for the sake of suffering. It's useless. It, it doesn't merit anything. It accomplishes nothing. So that's a helpful distinction in my own mind. So that means also there are pleasures we can partake of because they don't hinder our usefulness. They don't hinder our spiritual capacity. Eating ice cream, it doesn't have to be a harmful thing, and therefore we can partake of it. Now, more positively, as we get to these questions for you, Ben, First Timothy 4.4, 4, uh, it commands us to enjoy the good parts of creation and to do it with gratitude. And you've sort of answered this already, but I'll ask it again in a more general sense here. What does it look like for a disciple of Jesus Christ listening to this podcast to eat ice cream in a godly way as a Christian? So maybe what we're looking for here is a a good theology of ice cream. Help us with that. Sure. And just to expound kind of on what I said earlier, uh, enjoying life, it's not a sin. And so what God has laid out for us gives us principles for enjoying life in a God-honoring way. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so when you have fun and you're enjoying life and uh, partaking in those pleasures, make sure it is a pleasing thing to the Lord. And so just a a practical thing in terms of looking at Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it reminds us to give thanks to God through Jesus for the fun and the entertainment we have. And these are times, these are a gift from the Lord. And so I heard Piper once do a thing on this, and uh, me and my boys were listening to it. And it has it revolved around uh, video games and entertainment. And uh, John Piper said, you know, so often whenever we eat our meals together as a family, before we we tear into it, we give God thanks, right? We sit down, and, and, and maybe as a family, different ones will take turns praying, and we just give God thanks for that moment, that good thing that He's given us, uh, because when we look at food, it can be taken in... Uh, I, lo- I love food, right? Like, as we were... As you were looking at... Um, First uh, Timothy chapter four, like we need to talk about this. It's a it's a great thing to be able to uh, eat together. It tastes good. It smells good. Uh, food brings us to a common place, and there's a lot of benefit to that. Uh, but it's one of those where when we do that, we give him thanks. And so I think that Piper's challenge to me was. Um, before we play video games, before we watch a movie, what would it look like if in the same spirit we were to just give God thanks for the, that good blessing of entertainment? And so, you know, I think practically we drive to the movie theater and before we go in, 
Now this requires us getting there more than three minutes before it starts. That doesn't always happen. But before we go in, just sitting in the car and just praying, uh, God, would you help us to enjoy, to experience this to your glory um, and just help us to enjoy this time that we're spending together as a family. May it be to your honor, may it be to your glory, and, and may this just be edifying, right? And so not the contrary to edification. But that's just a practical thing that I've thought of in terms of what it looks like to uh, live out that theology of ice cream, so to speak. And how would you help someone who is listening to this and tends in my own direction where they may have a very strict conscience? Mm -hmm. And so many things in life that would be fun if it's not clearly going to increase my knowledge of the Bible and save the lost, et cetera, et cetera, then I can't do it because I'm wasting my time and I'm not redeeming the time. And they end up getting into a very small circle of what they're able to do. Don't look at nature. It's a waste, (laughs) whatever it is. How would you help somebody who's in that situation with a strict conscience and is just struggling to simply enjoy the things that God's created? Sure. And I think the most important thing in this case would be to take this particular individual to the Word, right? And that is always the answer for so many of everything that we're doing. You go straight to the Word to work through what they're feeling and why they don't think they should partake in it. Uh, If it is something that Scripture prohibits, and then I would affirm, I would champion their discernment on the issue, of course. Uh, However, it just may be something that seems morally neutral, Uh, An example might be a dad who asks if he should watch a war-themed movie that is rated R with his 15-year-old son. Uh, There is nothing that would really prohibit this father from doing this in order to show the realities of this time period and to show the severity of what's happening during that season. Uh, But maybe the dad struggles with the fact that it is a rated R movie and that they've not, at this point, allowed their son to see this type of thing before. So you know, I would work through it with the father. Uh, but at the end of the day, if there was still something keeping dad from feeling confident about the decision of moving forward and watching this movie, I'd suggest that he wait until his son's a little older and just not go against his conscience in that particular situation. And what would you say to someone on the other end of the spectrum? So this is someone who does not have an overly strict conscience. Maybe their conscience is a little bit... Um, not strict enough, and they may be tempted to to use their freedom to do whatever they want to do. You know, three, four days off of work, I'm I'm binging Netflix all four days <laughs> to the neglect yes. of my family or whatever, but I'm free because I'm a Christian and for freedom I've been set free, etc. What are some ways that we can know if we are abusing the freedom that we have rather than using it and giving thanks to God for his good creation? Yes, great question. Uh, And in considering this, I think of three questions to ask myself. Uh, And so this, of course, is not an exhaustive list, but the three, starting out with number one, is this. Is my fun and my entertainment enslaving or distracting me from my Christian duties? And so 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And so we need to have our priorities in line and not love our entertainment more than the Lord. It goes back to what I said earlier. We don't love the gift more than the gift giver. 
And so a good litmus test is uh, whether it is your entertainment, your fun is leading you to break the law of God. So, you know, in terms of just looking at the commandments, does it lead me to neglect my duties to love, serve, and honor my spouse? Does it lead me to neglect my duties to train up my child in the disciplines and the instruction of the Lord? Does it lead me to neglect serving and loving my brothers and sisters in Christ? Does it lead me to neglect seeking the things that are above? Am I looking for entertainment to satisfy my soul and to give me rest in a way that only God himself is truly meant to give? And so that's the first one. The second question I ask myself is, uh, is my fun and my entertainment profitable for my soul and for those around me? And so Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9 says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. And so it's great to rejoice in the gifts that the Lord gives, but it's also important to understand the reality that God will judge our deeds, which means that we're not to sin in our fun and our entertainment. And so there is a line there. Uh, we also need to be aware of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 9. It says, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. And so the freedom that we should have in Christ should never cause us to make someone else stumble or to put that out there uh, that might cause their, their walk to be uh, a stumbling block. So I, I think that's important there as well. Uh, so the third thing that I would say is, uh, are we, in terms of our entertainment and our fun, do we have a proper perspective of our sin? Uh, and so I think that this is an important one because, you know, it comes back to when people outside of our Christian faith or even within the Christian faith look at who we are and they see passages like James chapter 4 verse 9, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. This almost sounds contradictory to what we're actually saying here. Uh, and so when we see in chap uh, chapter 4 of James, what we're really talking about is not that we should be, above all else, people that aren't joyful. But what James 4 is saying is, have a, a mind that uh, focuses and grieves your sin. Don't facilitate it. Don't champion it. Don't make room for it. Don't justify it. Don't make room for sin. Grieve over it. And so within the Christian realm, I, I would say that we probably don't have a problem with uh, being over joyful or, or over gloomy, I should say. Uh, but really, it's, it's probably the opposite. Do we grieve enough over our sin? And so there is a time for grieving, but there is much room for joy within the Christian life. There's a place for it in our world. Uh, it just can't be the first place, right? Uh, we can't worship both God and fun or ice cream. However, if the things we choose to do are lawful and done to the glory of God, then it's pleasing to Him, and we can really we can be refreshed, we can be encouraged, uh, and it will really help just spur on our daily walk and just really make us more joyful people for the Lord. It reminds me of King David, who you mentioned earlier, because David is sort of a living example of someone who had intense joy dancing before the ark. That joy was even connected to his love for God, 
but it was also dancing. Don't, don't tell the Baptists. But it was. He was dancing. He was excited. And then he also, when he sinned, felt an intense grief. He didn't shrug it off. So to be able to have both of those things, and not just one of them, is challenging. But hopefully God will use this podcast and our ongoing growth to encourage that in all of us. So I really want to thank you, Ben, on behalf of Faith Bible Church and whoever happens to hear this. Thank you for being here and talking with us today. Certainly. Thank you guys for having me. There might be people who are listening to this who do lean on one side with a very strict conscience and feel like they cannot enjoy a sunrise because it's a waste of time when they could be reading their Bible. And there may be people on the other end of things who only enjoy sunrises and should be reading their Bible as well. But whatever the case may be, may God help us all by his grace now to think this way. Mm